Good morning. We welcome you to Grapevine Baptist Church on this Easter Sunday 2020. We are so glad you've chosen to be with us this day. We're excited about what God wants to do in your heart, my heart, and we've come here to exalt him, to, to magnify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're in a very trying time as a nation, as a world, with a pandemic still continuing, and we ask that you continue to pray for this country, pray for our president, pray for our governor, pray for our local mayor, our county exec, pray that God give wisdom and that we would utilize what God is speaking to us and we would respond obediently to the word of God and to the, what God has asked us to be about. Again, thank you for being with us this morning. Next Sunday morning, I hope you will tune in. I plan to preach a sermon on the Bible and COVID-19. I've not addressed this. I don't want to make that a continuous series, but I do want to speak to that from the Word of God. So I hope you will plan to be with us and have others join with us next Sunday morning. Again, thank you for your support. God is still working mightily here at Grapevine Baptist Church. The Word of God is going out daily from Grapevine Baptist Church. It's touching lives around the state, around the country. It's even going into other parts of the uh, of the world and we thank you for that we thank you for your giving continue to support the body of Christ you can give online you can find a tutorial how to do that you can mail your check in you can drop it by the office between 9 and 2 but we so appreciate that all you're doing again you can watch on Facebook throughout the week and there's different uh, uh, broadcast going out and if you have any prayer concerns be sure that you let us know these that we can put those out in an email or a text or, or a phone you can give those to us in any fashion you would like but again thank you for for being with us today we thank you for for praying for us and let's just go to the Lord in a word of prayer at this time Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Father, for your presence. I thank you, Father, for resurrection. I thank you, Father, that you are alive. And God, I pray you speak to us this day. Use this service for your glory, your honor. Touch lives, change lives, save lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
that paid my way death its price and when it flowed down from the cross my sins were gone my sins forgot there is a grave that tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life but in three days he breathed again and rose to stand in my defense so i come to tell you he's alive to tell you that he tried every tear that falls so i come to tell you that he says to shout and to proclaim that he's coming back for you there is a blood that sights the blind that heals the sick the lonely finds it has the power to free the bound as chains they fall upon the ground so pour it out to cleanse my soul and let his precious precious glory flow because it lives to make me whole i owe my life i owe my all so i come to tell So I come to tell you that he says to shout and to proclaim that he's coming back for Just blood.
that gave me life. But in three days, he breathed again and rose. song, wonderful message. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you will take your copy of God's Word and turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. You've often heard, as I have, that a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if a, if a picture is worth a thousand words, then, then a scar is worth an entire library because scars tell stories. You ask a mother who has in her body the scars of childbirth and they will tell you a story. You ask a veteran of foreign wars who has scars in his body, scars maybe in, in his mind mentally, and those scars will tell a story. You ask an athlete who has had a sports injury and they've had to have a knee replacement, a shoulder replacement, something more severe even, and, and, and you will see that scars tell stories. You ask a cardio patient who has undergone open heart surgery and the scar tells a story. You ask a cancer survivor who has had to have a growth removed from their body and they have a scar and that scar will tell a story. You look at the Lord Jesus Christ with scars in his hand and scars in his feet. Hallelujah! They tell stories. They tell my redemption story. They tell your redemption story because Jesus died. And when he died, he bore my sin, your sin on Calvary Street. He arose victorious. Scars tell stories. Look what it says in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. And then the same day and evening, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in their midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Until I see the scars, he said. And after eight days again, his disciples were 
within and that Thomas was with them. And then came Jesus, the door being shut, and he stood in their midst and he said, Peace be unto you. Then saith Jesus to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answering and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto Thomas, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet they have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, you speak into our hearts your truth. We pray, God, you show us how to respond to you right now in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It was the first day of the week, and the disciples, it had been a very unusual, a very trying week. It had been a triumphant week, and that they'd gone into Jerusalem, and there the people were shouting Hosanna, but it had been a tragic week as well, because the same ones that were shouting Hosanna to start with, they were now saying, crucify him, crucify him. And they saw Jesus, their Savior. They saw Jesus, their Lord. They saw Jesus, their Master. He was impaled upon a cross. They saw the nails being driven into his hands, into his they saw the blood being pouring from his side. They were disillusioned because they had left everything to follow Christ. That's what they said in Matthew chapter 19. We have left all to follow you. They took Jesus at his word and they left their nets and they followed Christ. They took Jesus at his word and they left the tax table and they followed Christ. All their hopes, all their dreams, they were wrapped up in Jesus Christ. He was their Messiah. And my question to you, my friend, is this. Have you left all to follow Christ? They heard Jesus speak and they responded to the Word of God. That's why we have preaching today. So people will respond to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God, He gives unction. And as the Spirit of God quickens that words out of a man's mouth, it quickens it to a person's heart. And all of a sudden, you have to respond to what God is saying. They had heard Jesus Christ say, The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. They saw the proof that Jesus was the Christ, that Jesus was the Messiah. They saw the Word being spoken forth and blinded eyes were open. They saw the word being spoken forth and deaf ears could hear. They saw the word being spoken forth and the lame could walk. They saw the word being spoken forth and the dead began to live again. And they followed him. Why? Because they responded to the word of God. They heard him say, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. They said, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. They heard Jesus speak. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. They took Jesus at his word. Do you take Christ at his word today? They saw in Christ all their hopes and all their dreams of Israel's Messiah. They saw in Christ the one who would liberate them from Roman tyranny. They saw in Christ the one who would establish his kingdom. They, they, they had a king, but now they saw their king crucified. And now he was in a grave. Oh, yes, there was a few women who said they saw him. There was a few women who said he's resurrected. And, 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 and then they heard Peter and John. They bore that same testimony that they had seen him. But, but even if he was alive, these disciples now in that upper room, these disciples now hiding for, for fear of their life, these disciples, they had this shame inside them. Because the very night that Jesus needed them, 
they fled from him and they were ashamed they were ashamed that Judas who had been appointed as one of them betrayed him they were ashamed the one Simon Peter had had openly denied Christ and and they may not have been as blunt and open but but they also denied Christ and they were ashamed they were ashamed because they did not stand up and speak up on behalf of Christ to Pilate on behalf of Christ to Ananias on behalf of Christ to Herod they were ashamed they were ashamed they didn't help him bear the cross they were ashamed they did not help him as he hung between heaven and earth on the cross shame filled their hearts The prophet Zechariah was right when he said, strike the shepherd and the sheep will flee. And even if he was alive, they were so ashamed. They were disillusioned. The disciples were disdained. They were ashamed. They were afraid. And if the stone had been rolled away, someone had broken the seal that Pilate had placed there. Pilate was going to be angry and Pilate was going to blame them and Pilate was going to come looking for them. And so fear drove them to hide behind closed doors. Fear drove them to isolation and they retreated for a place of safety. But hear me, even though you may be today hiding behind the closed door, even though you may be in bondage to an addiction and you feel like you're locked in, there is no door there is no lock that holy God cannot penetrate through and there as they sit there in that upper room in their shame in their guilt traumatized all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he speaks his word because guys it's always about the word of God and he said peace do you realize that the presence of Jesus brings peace The presence of Jesus, when you are a child of the King, he brings peace to your soul. And while they were huddled behind a locked door, all of a sudden the resurrected body of Jesus Christ, without a key, without turning the knob, all of a sudden the resurrection body of Jesus Christ, he walked into that room and his presence brought peace and he said, peace be with you. Maybe you're subject to disillusionment. Maybe you're subject to despair right now. You don't feel like Jesus is acting like you think he should act. And maybe you're wondering what's the use. And fear is gripping your life. And turmoil is gripping your life. And you don't know anything that's going on except why am I going through what I'm going through. Hear me. The presence of Christ can bring peace into your heart. Because he can walk through whatever closed door you're behind. He can walk through whatever barricade that you've barricaded. Because the presence of Christ brings peace. Jesus said on the mount in Matthew chapter 6. He said, why do you worry about tomorrow? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. In the storm when Jesus came walking on the water. He brought peace to those disciples. To Jairus when his daughter had died. He brought peace to that man. To the woman with the flow of blood. He brought peace to that woman. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe also in God. You believe also in Christ. He brings peace. See, Christ brings peace to your life. And that's what Easter is all about. It's about the living Lord. It's about the resurrected King of glory coming, reigning, ruling, bringing peace. The presence of Jesus not only brings peace, the presence of Jesus, it it brought proof. These disciples, they were hiding in that room wondering if they'd wasted the last three years of their life. But all of a sudden, the presence of Christ, it brought proof that he was alive. It brought proof he was no longer in the grave. It brought proof they had not believed in vain. The presence of God through his word brought peace. And the presence through his wounds brought proof he is alive. They saw him. 
They saw Jesus and they heard his words and no one is going to experience the agony of the cross, the pain of the cross. No one is going to experience crucifixion and not have scars on his body. He was wounded for your sin and for mine. In Gethsemane, my friends, his sweat was as great drops of blood. It's called a hematrodosis. As he was praying so intently to the Father, the blood vessels would begin to burst and pour forth blood. He was wounded when they placed that crown of thorns upon his head and the blood began to flow. He was wounded when they nailed his hands to that cross and the blood came. He was wounded when his feet were pierced with a nail and he was wounded when that spear pierced his side. And when the cross fell with a thud into that hole in the ground, those wounds were torn and blood even more came. He was wounded when the people spat upon him. He was wounded as he gasped for air, as he was suffocating on the cross. Why did he do it? For you and for me. To bear your sin to my sin. Your shame, my shame. But then he walks into a room. And with disciples who have abandoned him, he says, peace be still. Peace unto you. And he gives peace. And without even preaching a sermon, the wounds in his hands give evidence he's alive. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 3. Luke wrote, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of things that pertain to the kingdom of God. When Jesus passed through that door, when Jesus enters into the place where you are abiding right now, he comes to speak peace. He showed him his hands. He showed him his son. It verified he is alive. It verified he is God. It verified he is. Death was vicarious. That means it was for you, it was for me, that he bled and he died. Surely this is what Isaiah meant in Isaiah 53 when he says this, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him smitten, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our, peace, of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own ways and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep brought before the shears is done so he opened not his mouth. Maybe this is why the disciples were commissioned to preach the gospel Paul said in Corinthians we preach Christ and him crucified God forbid I should glory saving the cross of Jesus Christ Galatians 2 20 I am crucified with Christ but nevertheless I live not I but Christ liveth in me and the life I now live I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me the wounds of Jesus Christ verified his identity it validated his vicarious death it authenticated that Jesus was the Messiah He's the king. He's our hope. His presence brought peace. His presence brought proof. His presence brought purpose. You see, God didn't show up in the person of Jesus Christ that day and just say, what's up? 
When Jesus walked into that room, he spoke to them a word, a word of direction. He said, I have something for you to do. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And he told the disciples, go out into the world. Go out into the fields that are white. And he sent them two by two. He sent out the 70. And now he's introducing this, this mission to a handful of disciples. And he said, you're to take what you have seen and you're to take what you have heard and you're to go into all the world. That's always God's plan. You go into Madisonville and you go into Hanson and you go into Hopkins County and you go into Kentucky and you go across the United States of America and you go to Africa and you go to Asia and you go to South America you go to the uttermost because my presence is with you my proof is there you take my word and you go you take my word and you share what I have done You tell them the good news that I'm alive. You tell them the good news that I come to liberate the captive. You tell them the good news, you can be delivered. And when you go, you go in my authority because I will be with you always. See, you've got the the peace of God. You've got the presence of God. You've got the proof. You've got the purpose. Go and do what I have done. His presence brought peace. His presence brought proof. His presence brought purpose. But but his presence brought power. And he enables us. See, the way you're to go is the same way that Christ came. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. I find this interesting. You look in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. John 3, 34. Jesus was given the Holy Spirit without measure. John 12, 34. Jesus cast out demons by the Holy Spirit. And he said, just as I'm sending you. I'm not sending you alone. My presence goes with you. You go in my authority. I give you power for service. I give you power for boldness. I give you power to pray. I give you power to overcome. What they encountered in that upper room was the very person of holy God in Jesus Christ. They encountered him. But there was one person not there. It's always bad to miss church because Thomas didn't show up one Sunday and Jesus showed up Thomas was a devoted follower Thomas we talk about doubting Thomas but but if you realize when Jesus spoke of going to the cross going to Jerusalem Thomas said let us go with him and that we may die with him also When Jesus spoke in John 14 about I go to prepare a place for you, Thomas said, how can we know? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the Thomas was a committed follower of Christ. Thomas loved Christ. And just like fear isolated these disciples, doubt distanced Thomas. And because of his doubts, he was saying, did I miss something? What have I given my life to? He had questions, and so many people here have questions now. And then they came together, and they said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Thomas, he had a hard time believing that. And 
Sometimes when people have questions, we want to distance ourselves from them. But not these disciples. They didn't distance themselves from him. See, see, they gave room for him to have a struggle, and, and they kept reaching out to him. But eight days later, eight days later, after Thomas had said, unless I see with my eyes and I feel with my hand, then Jesus showed up. And Jesus didn't rebuke him and say, oh, I have no place for you now. No, now you don't have doubting Thomas. Now you have believing Thomas. Jesus, he, he, he comes to a place where he wants to tell you, I want to speak peace into your heart. I, I, I am who I say I am. I have proof. Look at the scars in my hands. Look at the scars in my feet. I have a purpose. I give meaning to life. And it's not about chasing the dream. It's a kingdom purpose. It's a kingdom reality. And I will fill you with power, power from on high, power with the Holy Spirit himself. And you may still have questions you may still not have answers but hear me the bible's a book filled with questions bring them to jesus look what it says in psalm 2 1 why do the heathen rage psalm 6 3 my soul is sore vexed oh lord how long psalm 10 1 lord why do you stand afar off in times of trouble psalm 15 1 who shall abide in thy tabernacle who shall dwell in the holy hill all through the bible you find questions Job had questions. He said, Lord, why? Jesus had questions one time. He said, Lord, why have thou forsaken me? Let your questions drive you to Christ, not drive you away. You say, well, preacher, I've got wounds. I've got scars. They may be self-inflicted. It may be something that someone else has caused. But hear me. Whether it was self-inflicted or caused by somebody else, if you bring it to Christ, he can take your scars and he can turn them into an opportunity of ministry to share the good news with somebody else. Maybe you've had a traumatic experience in your childhood. Maybe you were wounded by someone else's tongue as they were vicious towards you. Maybe it was inflicted on you by someone else. But hear me, when Jesus comes into your life, he can take your wounds, he can take your scars, and he can turn those things into a message of hope for someone else. You all are familiar with Fanny Crosby, that great hymn writer. She, she wrote 90,000 hymns. Isn't that amazing? And she would not allow hymns to be compiled in a book saying the hymns of Fanny Crosby because she did not want to get the, the credit per se, the glory. In fact, she wrote many hymns under a, a different name so that she wouldn't be attributed so many things. But, but here was Fanny Crosby. She was six months old. She was raised in Putnam County, New York. And in the year was 1823, I believe it was. And, and she was born and, and at six months of age, she got a cold. And, and, and a doctor who was a fake, he came and he put this mustard solace on her eyes and that's what caused her permanent blindness. All because of the quackery of one man. But she did not allow this pain, this hurt, this scar to keep her from Christ. It drove her to the Lord. And she wrote, him after him and 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 one day another another songwriter asked her a question and said do you think we will know each other in heaven and she said sure we will and he said to her you've never even seen me how are you going to know me she retired to her room and she wrote this my savior first of all 
When my life work is ended and, cross, and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side, and his smile will be the first to welcome me. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him, I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hand. Jesus can take whatever scar you have and he can turn it into a future hope. He can take whatever mess that you've created that you find yourself in and he can turn it into a message. Be encouraged. Nothing is ever wasted with Christ. When you give your life to him, he works supernaturally. He forgives you of sin. He cleanses you of unrighteousness. He writes your name in the Lamb's book of life and he gives you purpose for eternity. It's the kingdom. We serve a risen Savior. He's not in the ground. He's alive. He's in my life. He's in your life if you know him. And if you don't, he wants to be. And he's knocking right now at your heart's door saying, won't you open and let me come in? Would you do that today? Would you cry out to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you? Would you repent, turn from sin, and turn by faith to Christ and trust him as your Savior? He'll save you. Presence gives peace. Peace. He gives you purpose and He gives you power. Father, we thank you. I pray, God, that you speak clearly. I pray, God, you help us to respond to your word. And Father, you be glorified this day in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. an endless mercy tree every broken weary soul find your rest and be made whole stripes of blood that stain its fray shed to wash away our shame from the scars pure Salvation by the mercy tree In the sky between two thieves Hung the blameless prince of peace Bruised and battered, scarred and scorned Sacred head pierced by your thorns and it is finished was his cry the perfect lamb was crucified his sacrifice our victory our savior chose the mercy tree and hope when dark that violent day the whole earth quaked at love's display 
three days silent in the ground this body born for heaven's crown but on that bright and glorious day when heaven opened up the grave he's alive and risen indeed oh praise him for the mercy tree and death has died love has won and And he has risen from the dead. And one day soon we'll see his face. And every tear he'll wipe away. No more pain or suffering. Oh, praise him for the mercy tree. And love has won, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ has overcome, and he has risen from the dead. And death has died, love has won, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ has overcome and he has risen from the dead and on a hill called Calvary stands an endless mercy Thank you for being with us today. We're so glad that Brother Matthew Brown is on board with us now as our new minister of music. I hope you've been blessed by his ministry thus far. And let me encourage you, if you need to respond in some fashion, if you want to know more about Grapevine Baptist Church, send us a text message, send us an email message, and we can give you information therein. But we are so thankful that you became, came to be with us today, and I ask that you continue to lift us to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Be glorified, be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen.